Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, AI is killing the future of GPUs. Unity has altered its pricing and sends every developer into existence into an angry frenzy. Apple has killed off the lightning port and Embracer could be selling off Gearbox. All that and more coming up today on this super, super juicy episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, you're swimming out of this Eli's on tech guy, Amigo Falcon. If I said nothing happened this week, would you believe me? It's Apple announcement week. The new iPhones are out. They have been shown. We know the features. We know everything there is. And somehow the iPhone 15 is the most minor of news this week. It's still a big deal, all right? The lightning port is gone. I'll spoil it now. That was the big change. The lightning port is gone. The iPhone's now USB-C. There is one port to rule them all. Alleluia, alleluia. They finally, finally, finally decide to embrace the modern era. Their pro phones are now actually one step closer to being a real professional device. Now, if only they could actually have it be, you know, field repairable, like every other piece of professional equipment. We'll get to that and um, the talks about USB 2 versus USB 3, what's all going on there. And of course, we'll talk about the news that tried to skate under the radar, but failed to and actually overtook Apple, Unity. We're going to get to Unity probably in the second segment. I'll just tell you right now. First off, I want to talk about TikTok. Just because I, I feel like I have to talk about something before we get to, um... Oh. A little bit of technical difficulties there. But I feel like we have to talk about something before we get to Unity and Apple. So we're going to talk about TikTok and how the Irish Data Protection Commission is in fact fining TikTok $345 million, or I'm sorry, million euros to TikTok, which is roughly, I forgot, is the euro actually now slightly higher or slightly lower than the dollar? Or am I thinking British pounds that's now pretty close to the dollar? I can't remember anymore. I should have probably had that ready before I started, but I digress. I didn't. Let's go ahead and see here. One euro. Oh, the euro actually pretty is, is uh, one euro is equivalent to $1 and seven cents. So the euro is basically a dollar. There you go. Oh, and someone in the chat had it too. Now, for the most part, this is in regards to the fact that TikTok has pretty much 
no real protection from mining the data of miners. And raise your hand if you're surprised. Who here is surprised that TikTok is mining data on children? Raise your hands. Come on, raise them high. I'm not worried about you embarrassing yourself in public because I know you are smart enough not to raise your hands. Nobody was dumb enough to do that. It's, we've all expected TikTok to mine data on everything. So good, there's a fine. Now, here's what I also say. Irish Data Protection Commission. Be ready to do it again. Because that's going to be the only way that a company like TikTok's going to learn. One $350 million fine, that's nothing to them. You do it again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And then threaten to ban them now. You're starting to have some teeth behind it. These sort of illegal practices do not end until there is some actual, real teeth behind all of this. That's when a company like TikTok is actually going to go ahead and change their practices. Because let's be honest, it's just, it's not going to happen otherwise. All right, let's talk about GPUs for a second. All right. I said in the teaser, the fact that AI is going to be killing high-end GPUs. It's killing the future of GPUs is what I said. Right now, all of the focus is on trying to go ahead and punch a punch NVIDIA in the kidney. AMD is working on AI cards. Microsoft is working on AI cards. Intel is working on AI anything. But an upstart Well, not really an, an upstart, but, um, uh, well, is it? No, it is. An upstart called D-Matrix has introduced a new card they confusingly call the Corsair. Not to be confused with Corsair, the company that makes those cases you kind of tolerate and are kind of cool until you get them. And then you're like, oh, this isn't as cool in person. And you're a little disappointed and you're a little disappointed. They have introduced the Corsair C8, which is almost nine times faster than NVIDIA's H100 in generative AI workloads. We are starting to go ahead and see more developers trying to make cards specifically focused on AI, while NVIDIA has been solely focused on making high-end GPUs that can also do AI. Now, this is good, all right? 
a card that's aided with 256 gigabytes of LPDDR RAM and able to do 9.6 teraflops of calculations and all sorts of other numbers that, um, well, quite frankly, is not going to really matter to a whole lot of people. It's good and all, but does it actually perform? And what does it mean for the AI space? Here's the thing, okay? NVIDIA's got way too gig of a, uh, has way too good of a gig going on with the H100. They are making a killing with that GPU. People want that pie. People want there to be competition. And us as gamers, we want to see NVIDIA get bashed so bad in the AI space, they have no choice but to come back and be competitive again in the gaming GPU space and the professional GPU space so that they can just stop overcharging for samey performance. Because I want to stress again, the 4000 series versus the 3000 series, we as gamers got nothing. What we got was fake frames, minor updates in technology, but realistically, we got no performance increase. I want to stress that again. We got no performance increase. None. Zip. Zero. Nada. And before you go ahead and say DLSS, that's not a performance increase. That's cheating. I want to stress that again. Every single one of you clowns that begged, begged Starfield to go ahead and support DLSS. You are 100% hooked on the BS that NVIDIA sold you because NVIDIA would rather sell you the same garbage they've been giving you but then give you a cheating technology like DLSS to make up for the fact they don't care about the gaming market, period. That may sound harsh, and you know what? It is, but it's the truth. In the end, if you take away DLSS, your 4060 performs the same as a 3060, and the 3060 is cheaper. The only person, the only person who wins out on a 40 series versus a 30 series are streamers. Because the 40 series NVENC encoder is better than the 30 series. That's it. Which then makes me additionally sad when we look at the next story. The fact that leaks show that high-end Radeon 8000 series GPUs are just going to be non-existent as AMD, according to leaks, is 100% laser-focused on AI. 
is the main reason why I'm cheering on startups like what was the other guys? D Matrix? Why I'm cheering on Microsoft while I'm cheering on literally anyone but AMD and Nvidia? Cuz AI is forcing AMD and Nvidia to basically forsake high-end GPU compute. Just straight up. And in fact, AMD, where they're winning is not in fact even in the GPU market. It's not even the CPU market. Do you know where AMD is winning? Where AMD's biggest chunk of gaming revenue is? Anyone? Does anyone want to guess? Okay, be be honest, uh, podcast listeners. How many of you said said game consoles out loud, embarrassingly out in public? It's the game consoles. It's the PS5 and it's the Xbox. Because AMD makes the makes the SOC for both. They're getting a good cut on every single Xbox and PlayStation out there. That's right now where AMD's bread and butter is. Well, they're like, hey, if we can go ahead and get in the AI space, that'd be great, right? (sighs) Now, I do want to be clear on one thing when it comes to DLSS and... SFR and whatever the heck else AMD uses. That sort of technology is great for what I'd argue is this market. The handheld market. I'm holding a Switch right now. I'm well aware of that. But trying to go ahead and... Like, you're not going to get a 4080 in in a Switch. It's not going to happen. But that sort of AI tech can go ahead and make a closed-loop system like a Switch or a game console very, very compelling. But right now, NVIDIA's using it as a crutch. They're using it as an excuse to not care about the home market. They are so focused on AI because they are making a thousand percent profit there. And they, that, that needs to be just sucker punched. It really, really does. So there's quite a good chance we're not going to see any high-end GPUs at all. The next generation may in fact have a few Halo products, but it could just be the fact that the 5090 or the 8900, there might only be like five ever made, and then the rest are turned into AI GPUs. And that's a shame. While you'd argue it doesn't matter, I can only afford a 60 series anyway. The thing is that without that Halo product, without seeing what it can actually do, the performance just kind of slumps off and it's it's a huge disappointment. You end up getting what the 40 series became. The bare minimum. And I'd rather not see that repeated. In the meantime, there is some good news. Uh, Google has expanded its partnership with iFixit to include parts for Pixel tablets. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is still good. It is a good gesture. We get to see 
more a bigger expansion into the right to repair movement because let's be for the most part none of you are going to go ahead and repair your own tablet all right i mean quick raise the hands how many of you if you owned a pixel tablet would want to fix it yourself now put your hand down you know you're lying you do not want to go ahead and take a heat gun and a razor blade to the front screen carefully slice around the glue not barely not clip any of the ribbon cables just to go in and replace the battery no this is going to be for the repair shops and i for one gotta say good i am glad to see google doubling down on the whole right to repair thing because let's be perfectly honest right now google is one of the bigger culprits of e-waste especially since they created the wonderful abomination that uh, some people love to say has its place in the world which i'd argue no it doesn't stop lying to yourself it does not and the fact that that it has managed to worm its way into the schools is an is a disservice to students and that being the chromebook that is by far the biggest contributor to e-waste right now but you know what? There's good news because Google has extended the support from eight to 10 years on Chromebooks. So now you could get a Chromebook that has three years of service left on it brand new instead of just one. just stop buying chromebooks please please stop buying chromebooks for the love of god go back to teaching kids how to use a real computer a chromebook is still not a real computer it is not a good learning tool it is a cheap tool and quite frankly schools this is offensive it still is And before you go, well, real computers are too expensive. No, they're not. There are plenty of still perfectly good computers out there that they can grab hundreds on the pallet at a fraction of the price. You can get a better computer for less than a Chromebook. I'm just saying. It's time to stop lying to yourself, schools. See, now I know that some of the usual Chromebook supporters are not in the chat because no one came up and tried to defend Chromebooks on that. Or maybe they've come to their senses. It's really hard to say. We're actually going to go ahead and take our first break early because coming up next is the segment you're actually looking for. The, the big one. The one everyone is talking about. The news so big it buried Apple's iPhone. We are going to talk about the story that unified everyone towards a common goal. Next up is the downfall of unity. You don't want to miss this. We will be back.
Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Sucking the life out. That pretty much sums up Unity right now. Holy cow. This news. I'm just going to open up with this right now, all right? Unity knew this was a bad decision. There is no way you look at the way the Union News played out on Tuesday and can say with a straight face that they had no idea it was going to be as unpopular as it was. They knew from the get-go this was a bad policy and they doubled tri- they doubled and tripled down on it and at the time of recording this they are still adamant on this policy despite all the signs that they knew this was a bad idea so first off let's go over the basics of what the announcement was unity i'm not sure exactly what the time frame was but it was either before or during the apple announcement announced a pricing change to the way they would charge developers for using the engine. The amounts that changed were um, interesting, to say the least. The way it now works is that the Unity Personal and Unity Plus is free, but... If the game makes $200,000 within the last 12 months or, oh, I'm sorry, and if there have been 200,000 installs from the inception of the game to date, there is then what they're calling a run time fee of 20 cents per install for Unity Personal and Unity Plus. If it is in a, an, a, uh, <laughs> a emerging market, that becomes two cents per install. So just being in, in an emerging market, in a market that is barely developed, still, in fact, brings you to a per install fee. Now, I want to be clear on something. Per install is not, I want to repeat, per install is not a standard by any stretch of the imagination. Someone in chat asked, do these download rules include third services like Steam? Yes. However you have acquired the game is irrelevant. It goes by when the person has installed the game. And by the way, this fee also applies to multiple devices. All right. So let's say, for example, I install Among Us. All right. I install Among Us on... My desktop, my gaming PC, because I then decide it's better to do it that way. 
I install it my phone, I install it my Steam Deck, and I install it my laptop. That's five installs and the fee applies five times for my one per purchase. Yeah. Now, if you have Unity Pro, your threshold now goes up to a million dollars in the last year and a million installs from life to date. Now you go into a tiered system where installs of one to 100, which by the way, you wouldn't apply to at all because of how the threshold goes, which now makes this entire thing stupid and now makes it go, what the heck is Unity smoking? Here's the thing, all right? One to 100 installs is 15 cents per install for Unity Pro. 100k it's 100 100 100.001k to 500k is seven and a half cents per install half a mil to a or half a mil to one mil is three cents per install and over a million is two cents per install but keep in mind none of this applies unless there's been a million installs so what is the bloody point of the tears? It makes no, oh, it's, I'm sorry. It's above the threshold. I missed that detail. So actually, no, that does apply. So once it's a million and one, now you're paying 15 cents. All right, when it's Unity Enterprise, you now go to for tier one of one to 100k per over the threshold to 12 and a half cents per install 100k to 500k being six cents per install half half a mil to a mil being two cents per install and one mil up being one cent per install emerging market is one cent per install in unity pro and half a cent per install in unity enterprise <laughs> I want to remind you, this is from Unity, the creator of the engine. It does not cost Unity anything for you to install a game. I said on the breaking news episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech earlier this week that this is blatant greed. And spoiler alert, it still is. My threshold for whether something is blatant greed or not is if... Does, does it actually cost the company anything during the thing that you are charging for? All right. For example, I pay a subscription fee to Final Fantasy 14. All right. What is that money going to? It is going to the servers that cost money to keep up constantly. And it goes to the developers that are constantly turning out more content. There, at least my money is going towards something. There is a cost per month to run that game because it is an MMO. That makes sense. What is the cost per install to Unity? It was zero. Now it actually might be more just because they now have to verify per install. 
So now it might be a non-zero number. But here's the thing. It could have easily stayed at zero. There is no reason for this price increase. There just isn't. This entire fee structure is beyond stupid. All right? There is no reason for it to exist. This is just blatant greed. And this is coming from the same CEO who, by the way, gave a speech once and talked about how how to take advantage of game players by saying, you know, in a first-person shooter game, if you went ahead and tried to charge a dollar went in the middle of a game while they're trying to reload, the players are more likely to do it. This is from John Richie Tello. I don't care if that's not how you pronounce his name. I, I have no respect for the guy. If I didn't, if I didn't pronounce it correctly, tough. Take that pronunciation, Nazis. But of course, this is coming from the same guy who used to be a CEO at EA. Funny enough, now that he's not at EA, EA has somehow managed to uh, be relatively quiet in controversies. Hmm. Funny how that works, isn't it? It's almost like he was the problem. Almost. But of course, developers took this entire thing well, right? I mean, developers are like, oh, well, we're making 10, 15 bucks per install on Steam. What's 20 cents per install? That's fine, right? <laughs> no. Developers are livid. And that might even be an understatement. Because here's the thing, Unity is used for tons of indie developers, alright? Many indie developers do not have a large nest egg they can go ahead and eat a cost like this. In fact, a lot of people are going through the math, because at first it wasn't even clear if this price was going to apply retroactively. That's how well this was announced. People weren't sure if when the new stuff goes into effect on July 1st, 2024, if they would be charged retroactively. So game developers that actually were successful have gone ahead, paid their developers properly, went ahead, paid their publishing fees, went ahead and paid their Steam store fees. Keep in mind, when you sell a $10 game on Steam, $3 of that goes to Steam. So already you're only taking $70 home. A chunk of that's then taken by the publisher for going ahead promoting your game and publishing the bloody game. You had to go ahead and pay publishing fees in the first place, either to the publisher or if you went independent, to go ahead and actually spend money in marketing trying to get your name out there. Go ahead and be showcased on some kind of spotlight or anything get your name out there because god forbid you try to make an indie game and you don't advertise you might as well have never made the game not to mention you still have your own 
people to, p to pay. You most likely spent a year in development to make this thing, which means you have the salary of, you know, a dozen employees that you paid over the course of a year that you now got to go ahead and make up. And keep in mind, this fee is per installation. A fee structure model that makes no sense. And in fact, opens the door for abuse. Real quick, for those who actually know computers, how easy is it to make a script that just makes a virtual machine, launches the virtual machine, installs a game from a network drive, runs the game for a grand total of seven seconds, just long enough to go ahead and run the Unity runtime, which could trigger the detection that a game was installed, then delete the virtual machine and repeat at infinitum. It would take a little bit, but if someone really wanted to bring the end to a developer, the motivation to make such a script would very easily be done. And if you want to say no one would have that much malice to want to bring the end of a developer, oh yeah, someone would. Either A, you'd have just your 4chan types that would just do it out of spite, but let's not even put in just like an angry rando into the equation. What about a competing developer? What if say the developer for say an Among Us clone wanted a bankrupt inner sloth and then make us let their Among Us clone was the only one standing. There are malicious actors that can do it without reason. But if there's profit to be made, whoo, I guarantee you. That it would be done. This is absolutely one of the worst case scenarios for the indie development community. And in fact, plenty of developers have now gone ahead and been very vocal about the changes. And has said that this is absolutely atrocious. You even have Developers like, um, I forgot the name, the actual name of developers, and now I feel bad about it. Um, I now can't find them. Dang it. 
the developers of uh, Cult of Lamb have just straight up said that this is a threat to their business model and would put them out of business. You're actually having any developers such as Innersloth try to go ahead and say that we need to we need to delay updates. Which, by the way, their updates are already heavily delayed as it is. Oh man, you want to talk? There is not a slower developer out there than Innersloth. Holy cow! Uh, someone in chat says Devolver. No, uh, Devolver is the publisher. Not the developer. Massive Monster. That is, that's the name of the uh, developer of Cult of Lamb. Innersloth and, Innersloth and Massive Monster both have said they are going to be shifting engines. If you want to understand just how big shifting engines is, I want you to imagine this for a minute. All right? I'm willing to bet a lot of you use PCs or max for your day-to-day -day work. Okay? Switch to Linux. Right now. Switch your main rig to Linux. That's actually not even, that's actually too vague. Switch to Debian. I'm not going to give you the easy out and say any kind of Linux. I'm going to pick one very specific. Go ahead. Sw just switch to Debian right now. It's not an easy task. It is not easy to go ahead. And after you've been trained for years on how to use, say, Mac OS or Ubuntu or Windows to just go ahead and casually switch to another operating system. I mean, I could have been a real dick and said uh, switch to Gentoo, but um, most likely you're actually to install Gentoo at all, since since Gentoo is notoriously impossible to install unless you actually are a some kind of crazy person. Nobody willingly uses Gen 2. I'll just tell you that right now. It is a fork of Linux that nobody wants to use. Temple OS. There you go, chat. Ugh. It's not easy. It's not an easy fix. And here's the best part. It most likely means these games are going to be are going to be buggy AF during their transition. But here's the part that slays, all right? Unity did make a statement after everything was done, all right? This was put out later the day after they made the announcement. <clears throat> Verbatim, today we announced a change to our business model, which includes new additions to our subscription plans and the introduction of a runtime fee. We want to provide clar clarifying answers to t 
topmost question, the, I'm sorry, to the topmost questions you are asking. Yes, this is a pay increase and will only affect a small subset of current Unity, Unity Editor users. Today, a large majority of Unity Editor users are currently not paying anything and will not be affected by this change. The Unity runtime fee will not impact the majority of our developers. Let me interject. Yeah, it's only going to affect the ones that are successful. It's only the ones that are actually able to be responsible. And those people are going to be affected by our irresponsibility. And thus it's okay. It's basically what this boils down to. But we move on. The post continues. Developers who will be impacted are generally those who have successful games and are generating re revenue way above the thresholds we outlined in our blog. Let me interject. The thresholds they announced in their blog are gross revenue. Okay. To go ahead and try to say like, oh, no, 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 no. If you make a, if you're making a game that's making over a hundred thousand, you're making a hundred thousand. That's totally fine. You could have a business generating half a million a year, but then be paying over half a million just in upkeep. So to go ahead and just kind of blatantly put out there saying, oh, these games are generating a million or a hundred K in revenue is disingenuous because it could very easily be a drop in the bucket for some developers, like say a Square Enix, but then spell the doom of some developers such as Inner Sloth or we'll actually say a better one, a massive monster, for instance. But the tweet continues. I also want to point out that um, the Unity Twitter account here has a blue check mark. Meaning that they paid for Twitter, but didn't want to pay for the actual business check mark. Just saying. The post continues. This means that developers who are still building their business and growing the audience, other games will not pay a fee. Let me interject. You cannot say that with a straight face. You don't know that. Your threshold is meaningless. But you know, to, to say like, Oh, well, the ones who are still building their business and growing their audience, that's bollocks. Because you can still have a small dev team go ahead and just barely cross the threshold, barely be making enough. And then once they cross that threshold, up, oh, JK, guess what? You owe me 200K, LOL. This is a false statement on its face because they literally cannot know that because they have nothing in their guidelines 
or anything in their structuring that guarantees that. This is a hollow, empty statement from Unity. The post somehow still continues. The program was designed specifically this way to ensure developers could find success before the install fee takes effect. Let me interject with my previous interjectment earlier. They have no way to prove that. That is just an empty, hollow, nothing statement. The post continues. We want to be clear that the counter, counter for Unity runtime fees installs starts on January 1st, 2024. Not, it is not retroactive or perpetual. Let me interject. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because their post specifically says, where is it? Life to date. As in the life of the game to date. Not January 1st, 2024 to date. Life to date. The post moronically continues. We will charge once for a new install, not an ongoing per perpetual license royalty like revenue share. Let me interject once again, but you are in fact taking this fee perpetually. You can't say with a straight face this, is go this will not go on perpetually when in fact your own thing says perpetually. <laughs> now, for those who aren't in the know, this is a shot at Unreal Engine. Unreal Engine says that once you make a million dollars, they take a 5% royalty for using the engine. That is the way Unreal Engine is structured. It's kind of a bad way to go about it, but it is one, in fact, that cannot be abused. And the fact that Unreal is going ahead and giving you the tools for free, it's, it's a trade-off that a lot of AAA, AAA devs are still willing to go ahead and do, and some higher-end indie devs are willing to go ahead and use. And again, because it is just straight up a royalty on revenue, rather than, you know, some arbitrary how the heck are you going to count it sort of method like installs, you know how much you're going to get charged. There's no way to abuse that system. This system from Unity is stupid and easily exploitable. The post, for some reason, 
continues. We looked for ways to lessen the impact on developers and provide ways to bring the runtime fee to zero. Have I interjected every time there's a period? I think I have. Let me interject again. You wanna know how you can go ahead and bring the runtime fee to zero? Not count insoles! It costs you nothing! Nothing! For me to install a Unity game! Let me restate this again. It costs Unity nothing to install. If I go, I could install a Unity game not connected to the internet. There's nothing, there's nothing within Unity that's a DRM. There is no sort of phoning home within the Unity engine. There is no sort of server at Unity that you need to connect to that Unity has to go ahead and upkeep something to install something. It is very easy for the runtime for Unity zero. You just set the number to a zero. This is why everyone's upset. The entire post, let me just say the last, let me just close out here and then I'll get to ranting again. Cause we're already coming up on the break here. All right, this goes on by the way. If you are using any of our ad products, Unity gaming service or cloud services, please contact us to discuss discounts. We are actively listening and following your questions closely. Please review our FAQ on today's announcement. We'll also invite you to continue discussing these changes with our forums, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is all on the Unity Twitter post at Unity. Notice at the very end, they talk about discount if you're using any of our ad services. That is the only thing that in fact, Unity could go ahead and try to say they actually provide a service. That's something on their end actually powers the blasted thing. That is literally the only thing. The fact they're trying to say this with a straight face is insulting. The fact they continue to try and say that there's a runtime fee is complete bull pie. 100%. There is no reason for this fee to exist. There is nothing that they're doing. They could, they have a way to bring the runtime fee to, z fee to zero. It is in fact to go ahead, select the fee field where the field, where the fee is and set it to a zero. This entire post is an insult to every single developer that has ever trusted Unity. It is an insult to every single gamer. It is an insult to every single journalist. It is an insult to anyone that reports on the news. It is an insult to every single blasted reader that had to be blighted actually having to read this stupid pile of idiocy. Because they go ahead and lay out a giant turd and expect you to eat it. You want to know why everyone is angry at Unity? This is why. Because not only did they try to go ahead and pass off a stupid fee, but then they tried to justify it. And they justified it so poorly, they made their own case for why you should go ahead and flip them off and tell them to go pound sand. We're going to take our break. And when we come back, we're going to get to more of this because we haven't even begun to talk about the stuff 
that's really at the core of this. Oh, believe it or not, this gets worse. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. You're wondering how this can get worse. Because I'm willing to bet a lot of you knew about the doubling down Unity did on this. Oh. That's still good. Don't get me wrong. It's still a good reason to hate on Unity right now. This, however, is where things start getting very very juicy because one thing you might wonder is how can they retroactively add this fee well one of the things that kind of changed all of a sudden is the fact that um unity to, in their case of openness went ahead and had a github repo that tracked their licensing changes okay well it turns out unity went ahead and deleted their licensing repo on the github to go ahead and try to hide any sort of changes they went to their terms of service and instead, go ahead and just put it out in, in small little updates. And so the thing that they were praised upon long ago for their license changes just suddenly vanished. Poof. Gone. The end. Now... This whole thing might actually end up with Unity in some legal trouble. Because it's not hard for a developer with enough money to go ahead and show that this pricing change does cause great harm to a developer. Especially considering the fact that, well, Unity doesn't really show how they plan on implementing this sort of stuff. And it gets even worse. Cause the thing is that you have their openness just gone. All right. And this is directly hurting the developers. How do you go ahead and trust unity now? Let's pretend for a minute. All right. Let's pretend you are one of these developers. Unity now next week. Let's, let's pretend best case scenario. Unity goes ahead after doubling and tripling down on these changes, removes them. Just goes ahead and decides this whole thing with the fees and whatnot, 
we just decided we're not going to do that. It's fine to just not have that whatsoever. How do you as a game developer now trust Unity? When they just tried to retroactively bankrupt you. You can't. You just simply can't. If you are a game developer right now, let's pretend you're Unity, all right? How do you get back the trust of the devs? I don't know how you do it. The only way I see is that you have to get rid of leadership. Your current leadership has to go. That actually might be a, um, that might actually be a self-healing problem. Anyway, we'll get to that in a bit. And I don't just mean the CEO. I mean, all of leadership. Because not just the CEO was responsible for this. The fact that CEO said it and the fact the entire board agreed on it means that there is multiple rotten apples in Unity. Getting rid of John Ratchetello doesn't will fix the problem in the public's eye. It will not fix the relationship between devs and unity at all. That entire board needs to be gone and it needs to go back to something else. And then on top of that, this structure has to go. That is the only way Unity repairs this. And even then, there's still going to be people that see all of that. And that would be a massive restructuring and gutting of Unity. And that still may not fix the trust relationship that many developers now have with Unity. I mean, heck, if you want an example of just how big this is going to be, I mean, first off, one thing I actually missed up here, just to show how greedy this is, last year, the Unity plans already went up. There already was a price increase before this completely asinine model went into effect. They already increased rates and then went ahead and implemented another predatory model on top of that. That's foul. That says a lot.
But of course, I mean... The devs are just going to have taken it, right? They're going to go ahead, start taking steps to change engines. It's going to take, it's going to be a long transition. It means that a lot of these developers are, may in fact just abandon their game and just work on a sequel instead. Massive Monster has instead said something different. They said straight up. If you enjoy Cult of Lamb, if you're curious about the game and want in on the game, install the game this year because it will be pulled from all platforms for new installations on January 1st, 2024, if Unity's Unity's pricing scheme does in fact go into effect. That is a huge deal. Cult of Lamb right now is a huge indie game right now. All right, it is doing, it's extremely popular and they are in fact actually developing on it and putting out consistent updates. For them to go ahead and just say, we are going to yank it and, and refuse to make money off our game anymore because of this. That's a big statement. That is not to be overlooked at all. But I want to go back to a point I mentioned earlier. Because I said... That, in fact, that someone went ahead and activated a car alarm right outside my window, and that is really, really distracting. Oh my god. We'll be right back. Okay. Apologies regarding the, um, the, the sudden car alarm. That uh, threw threw us off, but yeah, as we were as we were talking, uh, Massive Monster is going to be pulling Cult of Lamb off the um, off all platforms, assuming nothing changes. That is a you know big big big, big kind of statement there, and many other developers, as I mentioned earlier, are in fact going ahead and switching engines altogether. Big changes. That everyone's gonna have to do, and it's all because Unity has just ruined the trust of everyone. But I want to go back to a point I mentioned earlier. They knew this announcement was gonna be terrible. First off, they announced it on Apple Announcement Day. All right, don't think for a second that is unintentional. That that's a happy little accident. That was a hundred percent calculated. They hoped this would slide under the radar because they are just an engine developer. No one's going to pay that close attention to them. And every single major tech outlet that might take a look at them is going to be laser focused on the fact that Apple just announced a new iPhone that doesn't have the lightning port anymore. They 
completely thought they could skate under the radar with this. You don't think I'm right on that? You don't think they they thought that this was going to go over just fine? All right, all right. You want more proof? They knew this was going to be a bad announcement and wanted to try and hide it. There's a statement we use, or, or a saying we use here in the U.S. It's called putting your money where your mouth is. If you stand behind something, you're going to put your money where your mouth is. You're going to go ahead and actually hold your money in a company you believe in. Or hold it on a belief you believe in. All right? What if I told you that Johnny Richie Scamio went ahead and sold a large amount of company shares in Unity before the announcement? Oh, yes. This guy knew this was going to be an incredibly unpopular announcement and sold 2,000 shares of the company before this announcement. By the way, if you're looking, to, if you're kind of curious uh, what kind of money that is, um, it looks like uh, right before the announcement, it was, um, oh, at a high of $39.53. Then there was a massive drop for some reason. And then another massive drop at the end of day after they doubled down on it. Where now the stock sits, um, where is Friday right before close? There's Friday right before close. Where now it sits at $36. The stock is down 5%. Part of that is where the sale actually, or where the sale of shares just happened. And another part of it is just, you know. Where the announcement hit. So. While Unity might be sued. For this radical change. In their EULA. That will be harder to prove. Alright. These sort of things are very questionable on the details. On how it's going to go. And while I would say it's very immoral. And really should be something that is ruled in favor of the developer over Unity, it's hard to say how it's going to go. With that said, however, insider trading, which uh, this very much looks like it could be, is another story altogether. That 
is illegal. And if, in fact, an attorney general actually began looking into it, it's going to go poorly. <laughs> but... I also said they triple down on this. So far, I've only shown they have double down. <laughs> they posted again. Unity went ahead and posted again. Regarding. Their fee structure. Let's dive into that again. <laughs> Unity posted. We want to acknowledge. By the way, this is another post on Twitter. Just want to say that again. Yes, it's still Twitter. You are not going to get me to call it X because that is a stupid name. Still. The post reads as following. We want to acknowledge the confusion and frustration we heard after we announced our new runtime fee policy. We want to clarify some of your top questions and concerns. Again. All right. Who is impacted by this price increase? The price increase is very targeted. In fact, more than 90% of our customers will not be affected by this change. <laughs> customers who will be impacted are generally those who have founded a substantial, substantial scale in downloads and revenues and have reached both our install and revenue thresholds. That means a low or no fee for creators who have not who have not found scale success yet with a modest one-time fee for those who have let me interject it is not i want to repeat not a one-time fee you cannot look at us in the face and say it is per install and say that it's going to be a one-time fee how stupid can you be what first paragraph first freaking par look look you gotta give me credit i waited until the sixth sentence to interject you, you should give me you should give me a pat on the back and a round of applause for holding out that long before interjecting on this absolute pile of dung that they have put out in a freaking twitter post here but you cannot tell me there is going to be a, a modest one-time fee when it's in fact one that is per install and one that is inconsistent with the customer base. Oh my God. The post continues. Fee on new installs only. Once you have met the two install and revenue thresholds, you pay the runtime fee on new, new installs after July 1st, 2024. It is not perpetual. Let me interject. Yes, it is. You cannot. It's only on new installs 
after this one date. It's not perpetual. It's just ones that are after this date. Do you not know what the word perpetual means? It is taking so much of my willpower to not swear. I'm certain I have sworn. I, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't sworn yet. But holy cow. The amount of idiocy they throw in this and the amount of actual BS they throw in this and try to go ahead and claim that you can't tell me it's not perpetual when in fact your language clearly shows it is perpetual perpetual means it is going to go on until the program ends Clearly, the way you are saying it is all installs after January 1st. Is that not the definition of perpetual? It, what they mean to say, it is not retroactive. Which so far, I don't think it is, but they're not clear on it. Because they keep saying it's not perpetual when it clearly is. The post continues. It is not perpetual. You pay only once for an install, not an ongoing perpetual license royalty like a revenue share model. I want to, let me interject again. It, I refer you back to my statement about clearly it's perpetual because clearly it is going to be on that install. That is the, that is the name of perpetual. What are you saying? Oh, it, don't worry. We're not going to take a constant cut of your revenue if you go ahead and, and are a really scummy game and try to go ahead and keep trying to earn ad revenue or in-app purchase or anything like that you only pay once for the in install model that just shows how freaking tone deaf and stupid unity is as a has uh, oh my god this this is actually making me mad the, the, the whole thing is just absolutely insane the fact that they continue to try and use this language on this is just insane. The post somehow continues. This section is the one that's going to matter the most. How we as Unity define and count installs. Assuming the install and revenue thresholds are met, we will only count net new installs on any device starting on January 1st, 2024. Additionally, developers are not responsible for paying a runtime fee on reinstall charges. We are not going to be charging a fee for reinstalls. Fraudulent install charges. We are not going to charge a fee for fraudulent installs. We will work directly with you on cases where fraud or botnets are suspected of malicious intent. Trials, 
partial play demos and autom and autom and automation installs. Char we are not going to be count those towards your install count. Early access games do not are not considered. I'm, I want to restate that early access games are not considered demos. Web and streaming games. We are not going to count web and streaming games for your install accounts. Charity related installs. The pricing change and install count will not be applied to your charity bundles and initiatives. For additional questions, we have updated our blog and FAQ resources, and they give a link down below. How are you going to verify any of this? Let's say my SSD dies. I install a new SSD. It comes up as a new computer because it's now a new operating system. How are you able to determine if that's a reinstall or not? When they mention automa automation installs, there's talking about developers only. That doesn't count towards that. What happens if I do make a script that makes a new VM every time and installs it? How are you going to be able to detect that? How are you going to know what's a fraudulent install? They give no assurances on any of this. This whole thing. First off, they can't even get the word perpetual right. How am I supposed to take anything they say at their face value when they can't even use the word perpetual correctly? You want to know why the trust of Unity is dead? to every developer ever this this is why this is your third post on the matter and you still still cannot go ahead and generate a post that gives anything but the drippings of absolute greed and corporate bs and you're doing it so poorly that even freaking bobby kotick is sitting over there laughing at you the king of corporate BS and frickin' ripping people off. But what's the end game here? Is it all about earning a few pennies? and then promising they're going to go ahead and invest all these lookups and making sure that fraud isn't occurring but end up making a net zero this actually you know what this actually feels like okay out here in wisconsin our freeways are just that they're actually free but to the south of us for the longest time in illinois they had what's referred to as a tollway. In order to use the highways, you had to pay a toll. And it was usually just a couple of bucks. All right, so they spent millions of dollars on making all of these stands and manning them to collect tolls. And in the end, the actual tollways paid for nothing except the actual tollway itself. It paid to collect the money and nothing else. That is what this currently looks like right now unless they're just lying 
about all of this. What's even made even better is that the FK, F, FAQ has said that they have an advanced method of just trust us, bro. We have the whole thing figured out that will go ahead and figure out all of this automatically. How am I supposed to trust you that your algorithms, AI or whatever, whatnot is able to go ahead and detect the correct number of installs the game has had when you can't even use the word perpetual correctly. You start seeing why we're being driven insane. This. But what's the real end game? I'll tell you what the real end game is. The real end game is first off a trying to go ahead and just get a few, a bit more money, but then also B, they have already begun putting carve outs. If developers go ahead and switch their ad monetization service to Unity's in-house one, you see not all that long ago, Unity bought up another ad service called, uh, what was it again? I'm trying to find it now. It was on the tip of my tongue. Now I lost it and now I can't find the article. Basically, Unity went ahead and bought another mobile ad developer. Well, at the same time, Iron Source, there it is. Thank you, chat. Unity went ahead and bought Iron Source. That's now in their repertoire. At the same time, another one, Applovin, tried to buy Unity. In the end, Unity ended up turning down Applovin because if Applovin took over Unity, the current powers that be in Unity would have lost control over Unity because the actual offer would have put the current board at 49%. They would have had no control anymore over the company, which in hindsight might've been a good thing. But what they're saying is that, hey, if you use our own in-house source of iron source for your mobile ads and stop using Applovin, we will waive the fee and in the mobile market oh god you have millions upon millions of installs and very little revenue coming in unless you actually manage to hook a whale the mobile market is one that is incredibly scummy it's not like the steam market at all where you're going ahead and paying ten dollars for a game and then you just enjoy the game. There's no strings attached. In the mobile market, you are paying nothing for the game. You may get the game you were advertised. That already just tells you everything you need to know about the mobile market, right? You might get the game that you were advertised you were playing. And then you most likely have to watch a bunch of ads or worse, it is a game that is concocted from the ground up to go ahead and be as infuriating as possible unless you go ahead and shell money out on microtransactions to continue playing the game that they're trying to get you hooked on. 
Looking at you, Ca Clash of Clans. Still hate you. Why I still play you, I don't know. I think it's just out of spite. I'm just saying, sec second tier away from, to from top tier, haven't spent a cent. Still hate myself. Anyway. It shows that Yudi is making this move to also try to strong arm other rivals out of the space. I'll just, I can't stress it enough. If you're a developer using Unity, stop using Unity. Go learn something else. Unity just cannot be trusted anymore. But now let's get to the dark side of all this, all right? This is going to be the last bit of the Unity saga we'll talk about. There was going to be a town hall talked about this. However, Unity ended up having to close these town halls because of death threats. Now, I want to be clear. Death threats are never the answer, all right? Death threats and any kind of threat for harm like this is never the answer. Wishing violence is never the answer. That being said, can you really be that surprised? I'm not. I'm not shocked or surprised that this happened. Unity went ahead and basically promised ruin to a large chunk of their developers, continue to downplay it, double and triple down on the payment model, refuse to elaborate, continue to use language, that is skirting around the facts, present bad math, and then are surprised that people are desperate? I said this was gonna be the last thing that I talk about, and I wanna restate again. I do not stand behind those who gave Unity death threats. I am not surprised, however, there are death threats. Also, if you want evidence that uh, The Verge is absolutely the worst tech journalist that ever existed, one of the most popular articles that The Verge has in their most popular section on the sign here said like, the lightning port was great, actually. That's all you need to know. I'll tell you this right now. Verge, the lightning port was great for two years. That's it. Lightning was better than micro USB. Once micro USB stopped being the main port, lightning was terrible. It was only good. It was never great. You're an idiot. And you are still the laughing stock of tech journalism. 
I'm not even going to click on your article. That's how stupid you are. There is one last thing though, to talk about Unity, and then we're we'll going to go ahead, break, talk about Apple, and then move on. One of the things they said in their FAQ is in regards to Unity games on services like Xbox Live. Games that are installed through Xbox Live, they said, in that case, Microsoft would pay the fee, not the developer. In the case of Steam, on the other hand, the developer would pay, but in the case of Xbox Live, Microsoft would pay. Unity, you are way dumber than I thought if you think you're going to get a dime out of freaking Microsoft for a runtime fee like that. Oh my god. I'll tell you what right now. I will be stunned if the Unity story does not resurface next week. Because I'm very curious. What's Square Enix going to say? Do you really think a big company like Square Enix is going to take this line down? Trying to go ahead and be told that they have to pay 20 cents or whatever per installation of the Pixel Remaster games? Do you think Microsoft is going to go ahead? And take a massive, however many hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollar bill for this runtime fee through Xbox Live. Or heck, you want to talk about a Sue Happy company. Could you imagine if they try to go ahead and charge a bill to Nintendo? for giving any sort of promotional games through the Nintendo eShop or Sony through their service I feel bad for the indie developers because I know Inner Sloth Massive Monster pick your indie developer they don't have the cash to go to court. The big boys do. And Unity is used by the big boys as well. And especially the big boys in the Far East are especially aggressive when it comes to fighting this kind of just absolute nonsense. All right, we're done talking about Unity. 
We'll see if they return next week. I kind of suspect they will in some case. I can't imagine it's going to be any more doubling. I can't, I, they can't quadruple down on this. Right? Right? We're going to take a break. Coming up next is the Apple announcements. Don't go anywhere. We will be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. We're actually following breaking news from Unity. I went ahead and wanted to take a look, see if they actually went ahead and said anything else. This literally just came out 11 minutes ago from their Twitter page. A new post from Unity. I'm not even kidding. This actually is like breaking. Unity has actually posted out now said, we have heard you. We apologize for the confusion and angst. The runtime fee policy we announced on Tuesday has caused. We are listening, talking, talking to our team members, community, customers, and partners, and we'll be making changes to the policy. We will share an update in a couple of days. Thank you for your honest and critical feedback. So it does sound like there are going to be changes to the policy. We will, it, it is not a quadrupling down. It does sound like there are going to be changes coming. What are these changes? We don't know yet, but it's pretty much just affirmations. If you thought this story was dead, that there's no new updates, uh, no, there is in fact going to be changes coming. Are they going to be changes better or for the worst? We don't know, but I'll just tell you this right now. Um, The, the amount of damage that has been done to the brand of Unity is insane. I admit right now, time may heal these wounds, but there is a lot of betrayal and a lot of really bad messaging that has spooked a lot of people. So we will see what is done. But let's go ahead and talk about some silly things like uh, HP announcing a $5,000 foldable tablet. The $5,000 HP Spectre Fold aims to be a true all-in-one experience. It is supposed to be a foldable tablet that can also double as a laptop with a built-in kickstand and uh, is anyone going to actually go ahead and use this use a five thousand dollar thin in light with an easily scratchable plastic screen <laughs> i just i just don't see this going well <laughs> i just couldn't help and just chuckle at yeah, it, it's an interesting concept, but uh, five thousand uh, dollars—that's gonna be a hard pass for me, HP. But I wish you luck with the thing. Is there any point to even mentioning what the specs are? Is there really? No, I really don't think it is. It can expand up to seventeen inches. 
In half, it's 12.3. Um, yeah, I think that's all you care about. There's going to be running an ultra-low voltage i7. There's going to be an Iris, X, uh, Iris Z laptop or uh, GPU in it. 16 gigabytes of LPDDR5 memory at one terabyte SSD, but it's five grand, so uh, we move on with our lives. But after bashing on Unity for so long, let's go ahead and turn our attention to another company that is fun to make fun of. Let's go ahead and turn our attention over to Blizzard, who went ahead and held a Diablo 4 event over in Korea and... Uh, it turned out about half the event seating was empty. With no interest in Diablo 4 whatsoever. Folks, Diablo 4 was a chance for Blizzard to try and repair their brand image. It was a chance for them to attempt to recover a bit. It was a chance to go ahead and reaffirm that they are the single player kings. They can go ahead and tell amazing stories. And in the end, they doubled down on the Kotick ways. And Look, I'm sorry, but when your model of monetization and updates looks dangerously close to Destiny's, you have a very big problem. Because the biggest problem Destiny right now has is, in fact, their updates being so lacking. This just, this isn't good. And the fact that there's no interest says a lot all right let's actually move on to apple did you know that apple actually did support a right to repair bill that in itself is crazy apple did actually do just that the california right to repair bill did in fact pass and was backed by apple and right off the bat this seemed very good and in fact is but you want to know why Apple supported this bill? You have to understand, Apple supporting a right to repair bill is like vampires supporting a vampire hunting law. It's very counterproductive to their own existence. So what's the catch? What is going on? The right to repair bill covers electronics. It does not cover computing devices. That is the key. To go back to the metaphor, 
it's a vampire hunting bill or making vampire hunting allowed except you can only hunt werewolves someone in chat asked is a phone a computer yes a phone is a computing device a tablet is a computing device and for some reason by the language of the bill this switch i'm holding right here and other game consoles are also a computing device it took them everyone was very curious as to what the heck this is going what does this mean how how, how is apple supporting this someone in chat asks is a chromebook a computing device no because a chromebook is actually a paperweight so in fact you do have the right to repair your own chromebook because it is in fact a rock so you can in fact repair your own chromebook in in the state of state of california so that's one thing to keep in mind california is going to go ahead and say they are they are the third state to pass electronics right to repair well um yes and no in funnier news though uh the iphone 12 is no longer able to be sold in france because of radiation levels A study apparently has put the iPhone 12 and only the iPhone 12, not the iPhone 12 Pro, but the iPhone 12, is that apparently the amount of radiation it puts out from its telephone antenna is above the limit and thus can no longer be sold. I suppose I should explain the fact that um, the kind of radiation a cell phone puts out as far as all science can prove in any dose is not harmful to people in any way, shape, or form. But my God, it's, it's measurable. It's there. And we want to go ahead and mess with Apple because we can. Welcome to the, to the European Union. It's pretty much what they do. They go ahead and find things to go ahead and harass tech companies with. And they're pretty good at that. Someone in chat says, welcome to California. Man, California wishes they could be as hostile to uh <laughs> to tech companies <laughs> as the european union is the european union is just the king at this all right let's start with the apple announcement a- apple went ahead and had their iphone 15 keynote where they announced four things really two things but we're going to be generous and call it four all right apple announced the new apple watch series 9 It is what they're calling the first carbon neutral 
Apple product, which quite frankly, the amount of times they say carbon neutral and stroke their, their own uh, uh, corporate shaft on uh, how much they want to be environmentally friendly is uh, so gratuitous and, um, and excessive that I feel that I should not actually watch Apple keynotes or anything at work anymore, that they should not in fact be considered safe for work. I'm not even kidding. It was so extra. What new features within the Apple Watch includes a brighter display up to three up to two thousand or three thousand nits? I think it's two thousand. Yeah, it's two thousand nits on the Apple Watch, and it can be as low as one nit on the display. The biggest feature, however, is in fact what Apple is calling gestures. This will be available in October because Apple has decided to copy Google in actually, in actually not having features ready at launch. Why, I don't know. That's just how they are now. Okay. This includes gestures like double tapping with your fingers to go ahead and do things like pause, play, skip track, repeat track, answer call, hang up call, things like that. How good the detection is, I don't know. If it's anything like their accessibility features, it's gonna work poorly. Hopefully it's better than that. They're all programmable and we'll see. I'm very curious to see how it actually works out in the field. In addition, they also announced the Apple Watch Ultra 2, which for some reason the Apple Watch Ultra's page is in light mode instead of dark mode, and thus I instantly hate this watch, not just for the fact that this new watch costs over $1,000. How much is this thing? We'll go ahead and say um, the Trail Loop, which is carbon neutral. We'll say the small band. It's $1,100. Okay. What about for the large version? Also $1,100. Is that all the same screen size? Let me also quickly double check the price on the Apple Watch. I already forgot. I'm pretty sure the price stayed the same. Yeah, it's $550 for the aluminum watch and $900 for the stainless steel version? Holy cow! And they all now come with GPS and cellular in addition to Wi-Fi. Jeez. Chad is trying to go ahead and maybe pronounce it as aluminium. Someone in chat says stainless steel is the new unobtainium. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to get to the new uh, unobtainium. Someone else in chat wants to know if the carbon neutral label is verified by a third party. What do you think? Of course it's not. 
By the way, in their own keynote, they actually did have, I'm not even exaggerating when I say they had an entire skit of like alleged mother nature in a boardroom going over a checklist of how environmentally friendly they are. It was grotesque and incredibly hard to watch. Like, I'm all for, like, treating the environment with respect and whatnot, but then there's, holy cow, can you please tone down the hippie? And also, I hate to break it to you, but all your claims being environmentally friendly are moot! When you go ahead and make it nigh impossible to repair your own stuff, and continue to, whenever stuff is brought in for service, continue again and again and again to make repairs so impossible that you might as well buy a brand new device. I hate to break it to you, that whole reduce, reuse, recycle, reuse is in there for a reason. I should not, as a guy who has respect for diesel trucks, and be more co- more environmentally friendly conscious than Apple. Holy cow. <sighs> Let's talk about the iPhone 15 though. The iPhone 15... Wait, I'm sorry, what? The iPhone 15, for the most part, the only real update it got was a newer camera, and the notch is gone on the iPhone 15 and replaced with the dynamic island. This is the whole punch out that will change shape based on what you have going on there. I'm very confused, because on the keynote, they said it's going to start at $799, but um, when... What the heck happened? The keynote said the price starts at $799. The actual model for the iPhone starts at $1129. What on earth happened? At the time of recording this, the iPhone 15, the 6.1 inch display, starts at $1129. The iPhone 15 Plus starts at $1129. 79. Is there just only certain spaces? No. What the heck happened? For those who don't understand how big of a jump 1129 is, the iPhone 15 Pro, according to the keynote, started at a grand, which is what it started at last year. Why is this so much more expensive? Wait. Hold up here.
Okay. Okay. I figured out what happened. Somehow I ended up on the Canadian site. It does in fact start at $7.99 with the iPhone 15 Plus at 6.7 inch displays starting at $8.99. Okay. <laughs> I thought I went insane for a minute. Now, the other big feature besides the camera and the dynamic island I almost forgot is in fact the USB-C port. Lightning is gone and has been replaced with the USB-C port. And yes, the rumors were true. The iPhone 15 is confirmed on Apple's website to only support on the USB-C USB 2 speeds. Someone asks, is there a headphone jack? No. What do you think? You think Apple's going to... You're lucky you have a USB-C port. You're lucky there's a port. For the longest time, we strongly suspected there was going to be no port. No, you get USB-C and it's USB 2 speeds. Now, is this a case of greed? That is the real question. Is this in fact a case of greed? This is actually a limitation of the SOC. All right. I can actually prove this. So for the, so remember Apple makes their own silicon. So they go ahead and actually make the iPhone CPU. The entire system. If we actually... So if that is the case, if it is a technological limitation of the chip, because this iPhone's using last-gen CPU. This is, in fact, using the... The A16 Bionic. This is, this is the last-gen chip. If we go to the iPad... The plain Jane iPad. You can't go to the iPad Air or the iPad Pro because those use the Apple Silicon M chips. You will see, in fact, we have A14. And, in fact, with using USB-C, down in the connectors, we also see... Ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -ba USB 2. It is, in fact, a limitation because they never bothered to include... USB 3.0 because Lightning never supported USB 3.0. It's still a wag of the finger and, and shame on them. But it is a limitation of the CPU in all of this. All right, let's talk about the iPhone 15 Pro. The biggest thing, and after coming from the Packer game, which I'm disappointed in, the number of times we saw a iPhone 15 Pro commercial and trying to go ahead and show titanium as like some otherworldly material. 
Apple's trying to go ahead and say that titanium is like unobtainium, that it has to rain from the sky in some of these, and it's ridiculous. The new iPhone 15 Pro is in fact made of titanium instead of stainless steel. By the way, the iPhone 15 is still made of aluminum, aluminum. It features a new A17 Pro, which claims to have a console-grade GPU and run AAA games with ray tracing. They're trying to pitch this thing as basically being the PS Vita, uh, uh, the modern PS Vita with the amount of gaming performance, even able to run Resident Evil Village on it. These are some bold performance claims, and I'm going to enjoy a bowl of popcorn as, um, as some of our tech reviewers get their hands on it and try to go ahead and run some high-end gaming on it and go like, ah, yes, AAA gaming at, at 5 FPS. Because you're talking about this, this chip running with no active cooling whatsoever. Have you put your hand behind a PS5? Yeah, it is impressive. The amount of air that moves on it. Higher end camera, it is able to go ahead and shoot 3D images using its new cameras, which will be used with the new $3,500 VR headset that Apple is shipping. Yes, it is still $3,500. I am now actually curious what it is in Canadian dollars now that I accidentally ended up in the Canadian store. That's what I get for freaking clicking on a link from Canada. And yes, the A A15 Pro does in fact support USB 3.0 on the USB-C port. So the Pro model actually does support high-speed file transfers. So they're not going to go ahead and gimp us on the speeds on all fronts. Someone in chat says, I'm sure that chip could have done it before you shoved it in a phone. I don't think it could, because they designed it to be shoved in the phone. We will see. We will, it'll be, if they do it, you know, that's very impressive. It'll be very, very, it'll be very impressive. By the way, if you're hoping for fast charging, bad news. The, um, the iPhone 15 Pro only supports up to 20 watt adapter. 15 watts on MagSafe and 7.5 watts on non-MagSafe wireless chargers. So pretty slow charging compared to the Android world if you're looking for something to hang your hat on. The actual prices of the iPhone Pro, I'm actually going to go ahead and look on the site I know is, is from the USA. The actual price on the iPhone Pro is going to be in fact starting at $1,000 for the iPhone 15 Pro. The iPhone 15 Pro Max technically goes up $100, starts at $1,200, but it is because they axed the low storage version. The iPhone 15 Pro Max starts at $1,200 because the smallest it starts at is 256 gigabytes. Most likely they just assumed that if you're spending this kind of money, no one is buying it for 120, 128 gigabytes of storage. 
They probably could if there was an SD card slot, but, you know, why do that? Honestly, this whole announcement is, um, it's pretty solid. It's good to see Apple finally supporting a proper standard. It's good to finally see Lightning die. It has needed to die. And by the way, if you are The Verge or some other form of idiot who believes that the Lightning cable was great and should have stuck around, um, you can go ahead and continue to use an ancient iPhone because you are used to slow and unusable technology anyway, since you are still stuck on the lightning cable. I don't mean to insult you, but to say that lightning is a superior cable means that you're kind of silly. Someone in chat mentions Firewire. I wish it used Firewire. You know, you know what the crazy thing is? Firewire is a better port! I wish the iPhone used Firewire. Because at least then, it'd be faster than lightning! 400 megabits per second versus 10. I am a little disappointed that we don't have USB 2 on the base iPhone, but it is what it is. What was the price of the iPhone 15 Pro on um, another on uh, the Canadian site? Fourteen <laughs> fifty for the base model, or seventeen fifty for the Pro Max? Oh God! Oh God, that's horrible. In other news, maybe Apple should have just waited because Intel actually just announced the Thunderbolt 5 connection standard, which in fact now supports more bandwidth and basically supports up to an 8x PCI Express connection through one cable. This is actually great. This actually means now an external GPU actually has full bandwidth. You're no longer leaving performance on the table. Come on, App come on, Apple, pick up the pace. You're falling behind. You're still on USB 2. Run Thunderbolt 5. That's like five Thunderbolts ahead of your USB 2. Come on, get with the program. This is, this is all really good. Can't wait to see it implemented. This is going to be great news for laptops, especially. Starfield has some performance issues. Particularly with NVIDIA and Intel, but they are working to improve this and also caved by allowing NVIDIA users to cheat and use DLSS because God forbid you actually go ahead and use a GPU that has real performance. Instead, use the cheap gimmicks that NVIDIA blessed you with instead of giving you a GPS, GPU that actually does what you paid for it to do. No, you'd rather fake the frames, generate them randomly using AI and all kinds of other quirks and tricks to go ahead and do what needs to be done. It's one thing for DLSS to go ahead and work on say like a laptop or something like that where you're trying to save battery and the DLSS can save power and whatnot. That's one thing. But if you're gonna go ahead and say you need DLSS on your full-size desktop, I'm sorry. I'm really having a hard time to warm up to DLSS. Out, it has great implications 
for low power devices. But the fact that Nvidia gave us an entire generation that's a giant middle finger and says that the only reason it's better is because DLSS got better is still offensive. And the fact that people begged Bethesda to enable DLSS and support DLSS offends me even more because this is now what we're reduced to. We are reduced to begging for a gimmick to be supported. Otherwise, the game is unplayable. And considering the fact that the gimmick's the only reason that even justifies the existence of the, of the 4000 series, because raw performance, it matches the 3000 series. Yes, I'm still angry about that. Yes, it is still infuriating. And I still absolutely feel bad for every single person that bought a 4000 series being told that it's a 10% improvement. It's not. It's only a 10% improvement when DLSS is enabled. And the fact that frickin' Bethesda got bullied into enabling the certain thing rather than using that frickin' resources to actually fix the blasted game is beyond infuriating. Because Lord knows it's a Bethesda game. It needs one heck of an exterminator to get rid of all the bugs. All right, let's get to our last headline story, and that is Embracer Group. Remember how I said that you need to keep a close eye on Embracer, Embracer Group after they went ahead and shut down the studio involved with Saints Row? Lo and behold, Gearbox is now on the chopping block. Volition, thank you. Th that Embracer went ahead and axed Volition Studios. Gearbox is now being looked at either being spun off or axed completely. So reports say. If you need any more proof that you need to keep an eye on Embracer Group, this, what they did to Volition is not a good sign. Gearbox has potential, but man, its direction is really wonky right now. And the fact that Embracer is clearly showing signs that they're willing to go ahead and put down a dog, if it's showing even the slightest signs of not being good enough, not looking good for a developer that could be great with the right direction. Get Pitchford out of there for starters. They are just terrible for the entire game. All right, let's get through our last stories real quick rather than taking another break. Cyberpunk 2077 and their developers Red CD Project have said that you need to go ahead and um, take a look at your PC's cooling systems because for whatever reason, they are noticing higher temperatures than expected on um, their new expansion, Phantom Liberty.
Turn, turns out, Red Project CD is trying to go ahead and have, have a lot more run red. Wants your CPU to run red hot. Why does it always seem like these guys just seem to... Everything involved in the development of Cyberpunk 2077 has just been very strange. I don't know what else to tell you. Keep an eye out on your performance, Cyberpunk players. If you're playing on console, maybe check to see if your uh, PS5 uh, is spewing flames. And now... I want to present to you... I'm actually going to skip the story about the, the Xbox MasterCard. It's... All right. The Xbox MasterCard... I'm just going to talk about it real quick. The Xbox MasterCard, very strange. I don't know what the heck the purpose of this is, but... Don't do it. <laughs> just, I mean, I guess if you feel like you can be responsible with a credit card, do it if you really want an Xbox logo on your card, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bring you to the last bird of the last story that did the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, Sony needs some good PR. You know what a good PR strategy is? Foster care. Confused? Well, Sony has launched a foster care program for their robot dogs. Five years after the release of the ERS-1000 AI bow, a robo dog, they are going ahead and, um, Wanting to make sure there is, in fact, a foster program so that people who went ahead and canceled their AI Bow cloud plan can go ahead and donate their dog to a worthy cause. They're going to go ahead and after they're done with their robo dog, be able to donate it to Sony, who will then donate it to medical and nursing facilities to help provide emotional support. Now, I, for one, applaud Sony for going ahead and be willing to go ahead and collect well-trained dogs that are guaranteed to be friendly and donate them to a worthwhile cause to help provide emotional support to those who desperately need some kind of companionship in their late stage in life. It sounds incredibly heartwarming and amazing until you remember that they are robots! <laughs> They're robot dogs! Oh. <laughs> this is like the perfect blend of wholesome and stupid. That just makes you just chuckle, smile, and shake your head, and then go, 
so this is the future, isn't it? Providing dogs after killing the cloud service. This does seem like some kind of weird plot to like a sci-fi anime that's just like a slice of life. But that's just what it is now. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you to check out our other works at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon and at youtube.com slash eaglefalcon. Take care. And I hope you have a great day. I'll actually give a little bit of other news in this. Um, I have noticed that I've now been given a uh, add ads button. We are going to be experimenting by adding ads to the vocal version of the podcast. There is a subscription button for a dollar a month to get versions without the ads. We're going to see if it goes because quite frankly, one of the reasons we killed the earlier bird briefing was the fact that it was a stressful burden and we made nothing from it. So it was just a massive burden that didn't contribute anything. So if we can actually go back to actually monetizing Eagle Eyes on Tech, it helps the cause greatly. So we'll see if we see anything from that. But for now, your feedback is appreciated. Take care. And I hope you have a great day. You know what the best part about this is? It doesn't bring details as far as what kind of medical and nursing facilities. And my mind just starts going to horrifyingly dark places. And I wonder, is it going to hospice care? Are the robots going to go killer? How can we trust the robots to not go feral? Oh no. It's all a conspiracy to have the robot dogs uprise from the nursing homes and take over by or whatever. This is going to be the next movie, except that there's are, there are no movies because there's... Are they still striking in Hollywood? At some point, the only content left is going to be anime, Bollywood, and reality shows. And quite frankly, in that regard... Holy cow, did we here in the U.S. lose out on that one? Because I'd rather have literally anything else other than being known as the entertainment district that created reality shows. Whew! What was my point again? Oh yeah, killer dogs. That's what it was.